every day on the big show. What? Gordon and what? Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Oh, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Yeah, what's going on? Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for a little What's Going On. Gordon, you ready to... Uh, we're just going to check in with uh, DJ and PK today. Actually, we're going to check in with Joe Ingles. It is the Joe Ingles Show. Oh, well, okay, good. That's always a good thing to check in on. Which I always laugh on the production going into the Joe Ingles show when it says uh, with DJ and PK, but then in the background it goes, who? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's let's uh, let's get right to it because we want to play a chunk of it. Uh, Joe uh, is, is always very good with those guys. They started things out by uh, saying they were glad the Jazz won last night so Joe would be in a good mood. I just figured if we dropped a couple, if we're going to lose, we're obviously going to lose a couple towards the, like, for the rest of the year, so... Figured if we lost the early ones and won the one before the game, the radio would be perfect. There you go. You're the man. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> yes, like we Quinn appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, let Quinn know. That'd be a great conversation. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that I love, Joe, 13 FGAs. What are you, Jordan Clarkson? Are you going to show up in gold shorts the next game? <laughs> <laughs> I will not be doing anything Jordan Clarkson does like that. Um, no, I mean it was. I got a I got a few good looks early that I missed every one of them, and then obviously got some more later on. And so, as always, if they're if they're there, I'm going to take them. I'm not going to take the bad ones, but I'll I'll take them. And obviously with obviously with JC out. Um, Again, kind of same with Mike or when I've been out or Donovan or whoever it's been. There's a little bit more opportunity for, for guys to step up a little bit. So we all had to play um, a little bit kind of role and glad um, we got the win. So we've been over this a million times, and I know you hate it when we go over it a million and one. But... I think when opposing coaches see the most, the guy who's leading the NBA in effective field goal percentage only take two or four shots, they're probably a little relieved. And I get that the guiding principle with your offense is the ball goes to the open man because the best shot is the uncontested shot. And really the only time you guys get away from that, there are times that Donovan Mitchell or Jordan Clarkson will go one-on-one and will take a contested shot. But largely that's the guiding thing. And so I get why there are games where you don't shoot a lot. But given how effective you are, I wonder how much thought is giving to creating options because teams are choosing not to leave you for long stretches of games sometimes. You know, they, they've made it a priority. Hey, we're not letting this guy get open. So what about trying to do something to create open shots for you? I assume there have been those conversations uh, with either Quinn or assistants or a combination of all of them. How do they go? What's the thinking there? Yeah, I mean, it's, it is a tough one because, I mean, you guys know me and I've said it a million times, like you said, like I'm not going to take bad shots. I'm not going to. Um, fourth shots um, just because I feel like I, I haven't had enough or I want to shoot more or whatever the reasoning could be. Um, I mean, I do know at times um, 
probably more myself. I can be more aggressive at, at certain times when I, um, I think it's people probably think and look when someone's out, I look more aggressive. The fact of the matter is, is when someone's out, I like it's, I mean, if Mike's out, yeah, I'm going to have the ball more. If JC's out, yeah, I'm going to have the ball more. It's just kind of common sense. Um, so there is more opportunities for that. There's, there's definitely times um, with our full roster I can be a little bit more aggressive or picking kind of pick and choose my times, I guess. Um, but it's, I mean, it's tough too. I'm not going to, if Rudy rebounds the ball and Mike and I are standing kind of next to him, I'm like, I'm going to take off and let Mike carry the ball. He's our point guard. That's what we traded for him to do. Um, same with Donovan, same with JC. There's a lot of guys in our team that can handle the ball. And um, I think, like I said, there's, there's definitely times I can probably be more aggressive um, if I rebound, like if I, I mean, I've never been the best rebounder in the world. Or I usually kind of let the bigs kind of sort it out or, or whatever, I'd be down there. And when I see Rudy going for it, get out of the way so I don't get taken out. Um, <laughs> But if I get the rebound, it's, it's obviously me starting the break and then I can kind of be aggressive off that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'd love to shoot 15 shots a game every game, but that's not the way um, our team's constructed. Obviously, we've got Donovan, who's going to take majority of them. Boyan's going to get his. Mike's going to get his. JC's kind of going to get his. Those are our four guys that are pretty consistently going to get the looks. Um which I feel like I create a lot of those looks as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's that kind of, I guess, a fine line of each game figuring it out. Um, like I said, when I can be aggressive and, and when it's time to, to move the ball and get someone else a shot. In the NBA, Joe, you got games coming at you fast and furious, particularly this season. I think it's uh, like 16 games in a 30-day stretch in the month of April. So you got to take them all for what they're worth. But I'm wondering, do you guys get a little more excited for any of these games? Like this Phoenix game seemed like it was a big game. And I, I guess it was, but the Suns are right back where they were uh, Wednesday as far as still being two and a half games back because you beat Portland and they lost to the Clippers. So can you get into anything maybe a little bit more exciting or you just got to roll with it because you still got all these games to go? Yeah, I think uh, I think someone said last night we've got like 21 games in 37 days or something to finish the year or whatever. Yeah, give or take. Um, so, I mean, every game's exciting. It's what we do for a job. It's what we love to. It's why we why we do this job because we obviously really enjoy the the competitive side of it and winning and um, and all that all that kind of comes with it. Playing in front of fans, all that stuff that's that's combined into one. Um, so I think every game's just as exciting, whether you're playing the, the last seed in the East or the, the top or, or whatever. So um, uh, I think you know, I mean, our, we've, we've got a smart group. Guys know, yeah, we realise we're, we're top. We realise Phoenix is exactly whatever game's behind. Uh, the, Clippers and the, the Clippers and the Lakers are always going to be up there. Um so, yeah, I mean, it's you don't want to – I don't want to say we take more games kind of more serious than others or anything like that, but every game's important. And, and what we've focused on this year, and I think we've done a really good job of it, is, is 
more ourselves and the, the way we want to be playing come the playoffs. So, yeah, it would have been great to win Phoenix that game in overtime. It's a good game. It felt like a playoff game, the, the competitiveness and the intensity of it. But we lost. We I think we learned some good things out of it. We come and bounce back against a, a really good um, Portland team that's been that's been playing really well too. Um, so yeah, I mean it's like it's frustrating to lose those games that are close and that you feel like you you could have won or you could have done something more. But um, like you said, the games the games are coming so quick right now that we got on the plane right after the game, got in at 2 a.m., had a little nap, took the kids to school, and we were back at the the facility ready, getting ready for the next game. So um, it's, it's going to be like that the rest of the year. We like I said, we I mean, we play tomorrow and then we've got a back-to-back followed by another back-to-back so um, yeah just kind of focusing more on ourselves trying to get better and better um, trying to implement things in certain games that we will need in the playoffs we can not not using certain teams but there's certain players that you can there's certain picking uh, pick and pop bigs that we can we know we might see with Anthony Davis or Jokic or whoever that might be in the, the playoffs so um yeah, little things you can do, but yeah, just just game by game and, and keep getting better is what we've focused on all year. So you get out rebounded in Phoenix by I don't know sixteen or seventeen boards. It was a lot, and then you turn around and do the exact same thing to Portland. Is that something that you guys just know because you can all look at a box score and that's it? Does Quinn mention something? Does Quinn mention something and show you a bunch of video of where you can do better? How how does in a twenty four hour turnaround how does that happen? But the best thing is when you lose on a back-to-back, you don't really have to watch film of that game the night before. <laughs> so you can kind of just um, kind of move on to that next game. Obviously, again, like you said, like we know when we have done something not well, whether it be individually or as a team, like out and they scored off it or I had an opportunity to shoot a three and I didn't and we had a turnover or whatever the situation is. Uh, there were times we were... Like Rudy and Faye were contesting a lot more of Booker's and Chris Paul's mid-range, which put us in rotations a little bit. And the guards were coming down and trying to hit eight, which if you're a second late, he's seven foot with a whatever seven six, seven eight wingspan. So it's hard to to out jump someone like that um, when they're when they're in position. So um, it, I guess, it's one of those ones where it didn't really need to be said. I think we we knew what we we didn't do. Um, and I guess the matter of fact is too is like when we when we do rebound and when our guards rebound, we're we're a really good team because we can get out and run, and that's what we do best. We we run. We got guards that can run. We got bigs that can run. We shoot threes, misses if we miss it, um, and it's where we kind of thrive as a team. So um, yeah, it didn't it didn't. I mean, it was still obviously brought up, but it wasn't something that we needed to be screamed at over I think uh, like I said as a smart veteran group I think it's 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 very easy to know when we're we're not doing something that we know we should be how much sleep then did you get before the Portland game Uh, a few hours a couple hours (laughs) Um, we got in at two or three I think it was about three like 233 got up at seven took uh, both my kids to school and let Renee hang out with Jack and um, Jack had an appointment yesterday at the pediatrician so she did that with him and then 
think I had about a 45 to an hour nap in the afternoon. Um, so like, I don't know, five or six hours or something. So it was all good. It become mental at that point to just power through it? Oh, I mean, I'm not complaining one bit about sleep when Renee's up all night with Jack or the twins and I usually, she's uh, very, very amazing at letting me like tonight, we'll obviously have a very early night tonight. Uh, we both will have a very early night, but um, she does much, much more of the heavy, heavy lifting overnight and stuff with the kids. So when there's an opportunity for me to get up and um, take one of the kids or both the kids to school, um, I, I try to do it to, to help her out. So um, I can't say that I have the tough job with the, the family side of things because she... Uh, she definitely definitely carries the load with that. So um, if it's a a night of less sleep, then I'm not going to I'm not going to complain one bit. Joe Ingles, the Joe Ingles Show. Usually it's on Thursdays, but depending on the schedule, uh, it was on Friday this week uh, on the day off. And always interesting to hear from Joe. Yeah, that tight turnaround after Phoenix scored. Night yesterday on the show, I was. I was not optimistic. I thought it was going to be a real uphill battle against Portland. I thought they were going to be out of gas. And I thought the Blazers came in here, practiced, and, and rested, and, and that they would just uh, really present a problem for the Jazz. And it turns out that uh, the Jazz win by 19. Who knew? That's what you call a scheduled loss. It really was. It really it was. was. And the Jazz, you know, I, I don't know. I, I've been thinking about this since I saw the way they played, especially uh, in that second half. Do you think that sometimes when you're called upon, when your body and mind are called upon to do something that is difficult, that sometimes you get a little more razor sharp? Because that's what it looked like. Even though they didn't shoot the ball particularly well, all they were doing all the other things. And, and that takes effort. And in order to do that, you've got to call upon your body and on a team collectively to, to do what the Jazz were able to do. Rebounding's not easy. Like you talked about earlier, a blocking out is not easy, or boxing out. What do you want to call Same it? Same thing. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's not easy to do that, and it's kind of, in some ways, it's thankless. But the Jazz recognized a weakness. Rudy said, "If we uh, quote, if we had rebounded like that against Phoenix, we would have won that game." Notice he didn't say shoot the three better. He said rebound. I'm going to ignore that comment. <laughs> I'm just going to power on here. Please you know? do. You're but, on a roll. But when Joe said that they got two hours sleep, I mean, <laughs> have you ever been able to uh, to perform uh, your job at peak uh, levels uh, on two hours sleep? Well, we're going to find out in three, four weeks. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let <laughs> <laughs> me get the answer to Jake, that one soon. Jake is welcoming uh, a beautiful young baby to his uh, family so the sleep will be a little more uh, at a premium less prevalent no, yeah. no. <laughs> anyway and then I thought it was really interesting hearing him talk about guys the guys were kind of nudging him towards shooting more or at least having some fun with him in that regard he's just not wired that way man he's not he's not wired that way he's not <laughs> and and you know what he does a lot of other things really well too we've had this discussion a bunch I think to to pigeonhole Joe Ingles as just a shooter is 
is doing him a disservice. And if that was your game plan with him, you'd be missing out on a lot. He had six assists last night. He's a really good playmaker. He he's really really good on the pick and roll. In fact, Derek Favors, and this was this was somewhat in jest, probably mostly in jest when he said it on the post game last night. But he credited Joe Ingles for moving into for Favors moving into tenth place on the Jazz all time leading scorer <laughs> list. But mentioned uh, how a lot of those points were scored off Joe Ingles' passes. I mean, he he does a lot of things really really well. Every once in a while, you'll see Joe make a pass that seems too casual. And you think, what were you thinking on that, Joe? You know, every once in a while he'll do something. But I think those things stand out because he is cerebral in a way. I remember the other night when he stepped out of bounds. It's like, come on, Joe. You just don't expect that from him because he he does so many of these things that you're talking about. But I think it's a compliment to him that people want him to shoot more. People used to say that about Stockton all the time. Remember that? I mean, John, shoot more. Why? Because you can make them. Joe, shoot more. Why? Because you can make them. Is anyone telling Jordan Clarkson to shoot more? I would be. <laughs> Joe is two You're... of eight. I think, you know what, I think eight attempts is great for Joe. I think that's right right there where he needs to be. And you think that's because that that's, like he said, that's his role on the team. That's how he fits in. You don't want to see him. Looking for his own shot more often. No, I, I think the way he does it. I mean that, that pick and roll play. You know, with the 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 fake pass that leads to mm-hmm. a layup or what. I mean, yeah. it, it's so effective. And when he even when he doesn't fake the pass and he's able to just gather with his left hand, and hit that left-handed layup, it's so effective. Or or throw the lob, and uh, and you know let Rudy go and get it or or whatnot. But but he's really good at that stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's added, he's talked about this on the Joe Ingles show before, he's added more of an off-the-bounce three-type game. Still not nearly as good as his catch-and-shoot three, but it is uh, something that's evolved in his game, so he's even more effective on the pick-and-roll. Joe, Joe's really good. He plays, he plays a really important role on this team. I'm trying to think of how many guys on the, on the Jazz you would want to see shoot more. You think they all have it exactly right? I think the the shot distribution, which was, was a, an issue that I was concerned about going into this year, if uh, if you recall, I think it's been pretty good. You know, I've been watching because you brought this up about how when teams try to stop the Jazz from the three point line, that the Jazz feed the ball to Rudy Gobert. I've been watching him because you said that, and I mean he really could score. Uh, a high level uh, at a high level if if that was if he were called upon to do that I mean did you see that dunk last night he had on that one it was far away and he had that one handed handling of the ball and then boom flushes it down he's played a lot tougher lately and and I you know what I, I've kind of wondered where that part of his game has been like last year Gordon remember we were talking about when uh uh, and sorry, Austin, I know we're way over. But uh, when Houston got away with guarding him with P.J. Tucker, remember that? Uh-huh. And we're like, yeah. why don't you just run over him <laughs> like that and dunk like the that? ball? You know, at very yeah. least, what are, what are they going to give you? Or an offensive foul? Most of the time his defender's standing there in the restricted area. Like, you're going to get an and one. Just dunk right over him. And last night, Rudy in the post game. Was and he was so uh, adamant about this, uh, Gordon. Maybe we can play these comments later on in the show. But it, but he said they are they cannot get away with playing small against us. 
And he said it a few times. He said, we cannot let them get away with it. And his his moves to the basket have been so strong. Really, yeah. I, I don't know where the, the mark was, but I'll just say since the All-Star break, his his finishes are so much better and so much stronger. Uh, I think it was, was it two games ago where he had that dunk where he had one dribble and he basically gathered at the free throw line and stretched out that giant body of his and basically <laughs> leaned over and dunked it. And it was like, there you go. Don't mess around with this cutesy layup stuff. Just you're, you're a big man. Just run over that dude and dunk it. Well, remember we used to talk how he used to get moved around and we said, well, he's got high hips, you know. So he can. It's more difficult for him. He's strong. You look at him now. When he had that play last night, when he flexed afterward. Uh, well, let me let me just. Uh, you always believe everything my wife says, right? My wife is watching that, and Rudy flexed, and she said, "Wow, he is muscly." I do believe everything your wife said. Like you only changed five diapers in your parenting career i believed her. not true i did That's hey you're the one downing her now well, beyond a shadow yeah. of a doubt yeah. I believe. She, you, she was trying to be funny for you guys that's Come not on, how it came it across off. man and and hey knock i believe lisa i do well apparently she used to say this about david robinson you know how the how muscular he how strong he was well rudy uh rudy gained her favor last night a little bit said uh he looks he looks strong and he does you know, he does. So he's worked hard at it. You compare his body now to the way it was when he came into the league. Yeah, he's uh, he's been in the weight room. Stay tuned. We'll have more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Want to remind you about our good friends at Syringa, Gabe and his crew. If you're working from home or with a hybrid workforce, get a powerful IT partner. Syringa Networks, call 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net. They're the best. We love Syringa here on The Big Show. Gordon, I mentioned, uh, I mentioned Rudy's comment after the game about him or about the Jazz having to punish teams when they go small. And it really stood out to me. Austin, Austin, grab that. You want to give it a listen? Yeah. All right, here we go. We got to punish them. You know, teams uh, in the past, you know, they, they play small against us. And, you know, we got to punish them. We got to put the emphasis on, you know, uh, pounding the ball inside when teams play small and attacking the rim. And teams should not be able to play small against us. Um, I think we do a great job guarding against small, but uh, especially if, when we have the ball, we got to punish them. And, you know, I think we did, except the first two minutes, they did it. I think we did a great job tonight. And they did. And I, I, I love those comments coming from Rudy because it has, in my opinion, more to do with Rudy than it does necessarily his teammates. Like, yeah. they need to have confidence that when they get him the ball and he's got, which ironically enough, the guy they tried to guard him with last night, was his name was Little. Uh, but if they have Little on Rudy, that his teammates need to have the confidence that they're going to get him the ball and he's just going to be the unstoppable force. 
and he's gotten a lot better at that this year. We're no longer are we having almost a daily conversation, Gordon, about Rudy. Oh man, he just can't finish with a guy between he and the basket. He's been yeah. way better at that. Yeah, we. Yeah, well, you're right. We had a long discussion about that. Yep. A lot of them. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. We talked about it a lot because it was really true. And it's still kind of true, but it's it's so much better than it was. I mean, Portland, first of all, Ennis Cantor is, is we confirmed it. He's terrible. I mean, terrible. <laughs> and when Terry Stotts realized, you know, what Billy Donovan did that one night, can't play Cantor, he decided to go with that small lineup, a smaller, more athletic lineup. And Rudy's totally right. If a team goes that direction, they have to make sure and that they that Stotts is putting Cantor back on the floor because they just gave up a 15-0 run. Well, check me if I'm wrong on this, but doesn't it seem to you like more? Uh, it used to be Joe Ingles could lob him the ball like that, and and but it seems like there's a there's a number of players who are looking to give Rudy those kinds of passes. Conley's good at it. Donovan's good at it. But Rudy himself is going to get it better. We've seen yes. those those one handed yep. you know uh, alley oops where he grabs it with one hand, stretches, yep. and he had one over DeAndre Ayton, which was just great. And I'm trying to remember who threw him the pass. It might have been Conley. Might have been Mitchell, actually, where it was just a couple inches above Aiton's outstretched hands, and Rudy went and got it and just dunked right over DeAndre Aiton. Right. I mean, he's he's gotten so much better at that, and he gets hit in the face all the time. And he has to, to like, have you noticed that, Gordon, over the past several games? I've noticed Rudy's, like, constantly adjusting his jaw because he gets it. We saw the contact thing again. Yes. I don't know Uh if he's leading with his chin or what, but, I mean, he's taking the contact and he's finishing and he's shooting well at the line. I mean, it's such a weapon when he does it. He's taking the contact and he's putting his contacts back in. Baha, yeah. That was some gamesmanship right there. That's what I thought. Oh, yeah. Donovan looked pissed about well, it. it was Chris Paul at the free throw line. I know. And he was uh, did you see how slow Rudy had the contact on his finger <laughs> slowly walked to the rebound and then got himself positioned with his finger in the air and then he goes, oh, hold on, guys, I gotta put this in. I gotta, and then, and then he tried to put it in his nose, and he's like, no, that's not where that goes. Chris Paul was getting visibly upset, like, why? And Rudy's like, hold on, hold on, let me try my ear, let me see. Nope, doesn't go there. Doesn't go there. Jeez, this contact. Yeah, that was absolute gamesmanship. Yeah, wasn't I, that right after Chris Paul tried to give Donovan the five-two when Donovan missed his foul shot? I think it was before, but I could be wrong. Yeah. You know what else stands out to me about this comment and about this topic? Remember a couple seasons ago when Rudy, a few games in, complained to the media in the postgame about not getting enough touches, and not getting enough shots. You mean nine games in last year? Oh, yeah. Was it last year? Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, this is almost the same comment, but in a much more uh, mature leadership style. Right. Instead of saying they got to give me the ball, he's he's already got his. He's got his money. Well, that helps. But I, I think it's couldn't be that he matured and became a better leader. I actually really like what Austin's. Only Donovan does that. SLTrib.com. I, I like what Austin's getting at here because a lot of times it comes down to messaging. I 100% agree. That was not a selfish take from Rudy right there. It wasn't. And he's right. They need to punish him, and that's a Rudy plays a big role in that. And but how it they wasn't, punish him is getting him the ball. But it, it wasn't. You're right because it wasn't begging for the ball. It wasn't that, and it was coming on the heels of a game where they did just that. So it's not like he got into the the post game and said, "Geez, I didn't get the ball enough tonight." It's yeah, we got to do that more. We got to punish those teams just like like that, like that. I need to run over them like that, like that. 
Um, he has his he has his money. I mean, that that was part of the motivation of a year ago. If you and I are going to be all speculative, right? He was trying to make a statement, which is something that I told you at the time, and right. you really disagreed with me. Oh no, I didn't disagree yes, with that. Did. I just no, I just didn't think it was that harmful. You wanted to. It was way you harmful. to punish him for that. I didn't want to punish anybody. What do you I, want? I, Cut Rudy Gobert. Release well, you him, criticize, release you him tomorrow. You criticized him heartily. Of course, because he was crying about not having the ball nine games into the year. Uh, I didn't have a problem with it the way you did. But it, it was One related. of us was right and the other wasn't. Of course, as it always is. Uh, in, in that case, I think he was he was trying to position himself, uh, his value. But anyway, yeah, I, I agree. I think both are true. I think what Austin said is true, and I think what I said is true. I think they're both true. How many times this year have you seen Rudy – has Rudy Gobert made a play, and I'm not talking about the defensive end, I'm at the offensive end, and you sort of went, wow. It happens all the time. Well, he's Where he'll a take a ball out of the air and absolutely flush it using both agility and strength and attitude. And I, I can't remember a year where I've said it as often as I have this year. I just go, wow, Rui. No, it's different this year. Yeah. And, and not only this year, but lately, like the past several weeks lately. I mean, he's, he's, he's really made an emphasis on playing tough mm-hmm. and playing yeah. tough offensively because you can't question his toughness, I guess, on defensively. But I mean, and he seems, he seems more mobile too, Jake. I mean, around the basket. You talked about when a man was between him and the basket, that usually would cause some problem of some sort. Well, it seems like he's spinning. He's he's, he's got more strength and he's got more agility. Well, he's working on the drop step, which did not work for him when he when he busted <laughs> it out last night, but has been effective in the past. I mean, he's a worker. We've talked about it a lot in regards to Rudy in particular. He's adding stuff to his game all the time, and he's going to work on it until he gets it. I mean... That's what he's done throughout his entire career. That's why he's gone why? from that string bean who could barely catch to the best defensive player on the planet and a two-time All-Star. You know why? He's got something to prove. He's got something to prove. He wants to show everybody that Rudy Gobert uh, is something that most of you never thought he'd be. I, I really think some some great athletes are motivated that way. Some aren't. But but some are many many are to some degree, but Rudy, I, I think he's trying to prove something every time he puts a uniform on. Coming up next, we have a market update. Howard Beck at four, Justin Zanuck at five. Stay tuned, ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the zone. What do you want? You're locked on to the big show, presented by Big O Tires. Just doing it big, you know. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. I don't feel the way I've ever felt. I know, gonna smile and not get Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for a market update. Brought to you by our friends at TridayTrading.com. Now anyone can be a day trader. Visit TridayTrading.com. How did we do to close out the week, Gordon? 
Jake, the S&P was up uh, nigh on to 32 points today. <laughs> the NASDAQ was up nearly 71 points. Everything's good, yay! <laughs> and the Dow, the Dow was up a whopping 297 points. And wang. <laughs> I like that one. What was that one? He he was trying to say I can't remember what he was trying to say. He mixed he was trying to say WAP, but it came out and wang wang bang went through his mind. Yeah, WAP WAP uh, and, and it came whap. into wang and wang. <laughs> when was the last time you were you wanted to say WAP? He it was honestly I know what the story because Locke used to and sometimes still does say it when someone hits a three he goes WAP on the radio call and David was DJ was not really mocking but paying homage I guess to that and then Mike Breen and Bang went through his mind and it came out Wayne it's a very uh, it's a fine line between paying homage to and mocking is it not yeah yeah I've been there many times I know anyway <laughs> like, good day like Gordon's list intro always paying homage <laughs> of course hundred percent. Oh, so there you go. David, a little David James Day today on the uh, on And Wayne. Hey, real quick while we have a couple of minutes, uh, Gordon, and we have uh, Howard back coming up at the to- top of the 4 o'clock hour. You know one of my favorite legends uh, in the NBA recently is the Jimmy Butler practice story, right? Uh, remind us. So Jimmy Butler was having some conflict with the Timberwolves uh, with his teammates specifically Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns, and he demanded a trade, and he didn't show up, if you recall, uh-huh. uh, to, I think it was camp, well, obviously it was camp. He didn't show up. He was like three days MIA and uh, demanding to be traded, and it was, you know, not a great situation. And uh, his major complaints were that uh, other players on the team didn't work hard enough. So he flew into Minneapolis, <laughs> drove to the practice facility, got there late, Rolled in, took the worst players on the team, and beat the first string single like with the worst players on the team. Rolled them Thumped and them. then uh, them. didn't he like he said something to Scott Layden on the way out and left. I'm trying to remember what he said to Scott. I should Google that. We should get Scott's side of that story sometime. Anyway, anyway, I love it. It's an it's just an incredible story. Talk about proving a point, right? Yes. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Jamal Crawford. He, went, by the way, said, you blinking need me, Scott. You can't win without me, was what he yelled at Layden as he left. And look how right he was about a number of things that day. <laughs> <laughs> right on the money about a bunch of stuff. Uh, but anyway, Jamal Crawford jumped on a podcast with Shannon Sharp. And uh, Shannon asked him about that story, which was a little awkward at first, honestly, if you if you uh, uh, watch the clip, because Jamal Crawford's like, well, I wasn't on that team, Shannon. <laughs> he, he was on the, the team the year the year before, but he wasn't on that team. He had, he had Football left. Football guy, you know. And, yeah. But anyway, then he goes on to say, but Jimmy Butler called me, and then he added a detail to the lore that is this practice. He said when Jimmy called him, he told him the story, and then uh, apparently what Jimmy said to Jamal Crawford is that he left his Rolex on. He did all that while wearing While wearing a Rolex. his Rolex. Just oh rolled in God. off the street, 
Was took, he wearing loafers too? Took those guys to school, didn't even take off his watch, oh. and then left <laughs> telling uh, Scott Layden exactly what he thought on the way out the door. I mean, that that is the stuff legends are made of, right? I mean, well, if you've ever uh, if you've ever uh, had a Rolex on, you know that that could be used as uh, some ser- uh, you know, a severe weapon. I don't think I don't think Jimmy Butler was trying to beat Carl Anthony Towns to death with his watch. <laughs> he was trying to beat him in, in basketball. And and isn't that the ultimate screw you though? Like I'm not even going to bother taking off my ten thousand dollar watch and I'm gonna was come he out wearing, here and was roll. He wearing you guys. Loafers too? Austin just made that joke. Oh he did? I didn't hear. Sorry. Actually I, I kinda wanted to amend the joke. Because Jimmy Butler is known to wear cowboy boots all the time. Oh, Maybe he left those on. How funny would that be? Video out there of Jimmy Butler. Wranglers, boots, and a Rolex. (laughs) I I was hoping it would just be more. Cowboy hat, too? Basketball shorts. (laughs) (laughs) Boots with spurs. An undershirt and cowboy boots. With a Rolex. And maybe one of those bolo ties. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Would that work? I forgot Sorry, the shoes, I so I'm going to roll you in re- these cowboy boots. <laughs> I didn't mean to repeat your joke. I didn't hear you say it. Sorry. That's but, fine. I'm just going to yeah. save it and play it ad nauseum. So. But I love uh, this amazing new detail about one of my already one of my favorite stories. That's great. I'm not even going to take off my watch, and I'm going to whoop up <laughs> on you guys. Give me the guys who are going to be in the G League next week, and I'll go out there and uh, and uh, take everybody to school and not even take off my watch. That's amazing. Oh. I've always been impressed by guys who could do things like that. Like one time we were in a gym and uh, people were shooting. I don't know whether a game of horse was going on, but there was a guy there who came in and he had like a, he had a dress shirt on and I think he was wearing a tie and he just went out there and kicked everyone's butt. You know, and I thought, wow, how can you do that dress like that? Didn't even care. It didn't bother him one bit. It's uh, all that is, is a big old, Exclamation point to everybody there. Good on Jimmy Butler. It's the best part about the uh, Prince skit in the Chappelle show, where they didn't even, the game shirts versus blouses. They didn't even change. (laughs) Game blouses. (laughs) That's such an amazing skit. Which Prince, before his death, confirmed every detail of it. I saw that. I absolutely saw that. He said, yeah, that happened. What a great story. I never saw that skit. Oh, it's amazing. It's about uh, Charlie and Eddie Murphy and their crew sitting around with Prince's uh, like group, what did he call them? The they had a name. The oh yeah 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 the, the revolution. revolution is yeah. that what it was? And how they were yeah. sitting around one night, you know, hanging out, and Prince challenged them to a basketball game. They were wearing high heels and, and blouses and all this stuff. And and Eddie Murphy's crew was like, okay, Prince, yeah, we'll do this. You know, we'll mop the floor with you. And then apparently Prince is just a baller, and absolutely <laughs> went out there and mopped the floor with them. And then, because Charlie Murphy made a joke, what is this, the shirts versus the blouses? And then as Prince is dunking on them to win, he goes, game, blouses. It, it really is hilarious. You need to watch it. I'm not, I'm not doing good. it justice. And, and, then and then they cooked them pancakes. And then they ate pancakes. <laughs> you know, I, I got I to gotta have great admiration for somebody who doesn't talk a lot about how, how, you know, how good they are. They just quietly go out on the court or on the field and absolutely destroy everybody you know that's kind of a cool mo i like that all right stay tuned howard beck is next 97.5 and 1280 the zone